Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. So powerful and strikes the deepest part of our being, knowing the necessity we have as a father. Um, it's not until we see Father God that we're able to understand many things, even the reason why there's a void in that calling. Uh, I don't know if we have the slides that I did yesterday for, let's go ahead and put the first one up. I did two slides for Father's Day. Uh, the first one is a seal, it has a round circle, and it says this is a high call. To be a father is the highest of calls. Well, obviously, we know that people do not respond to this call. People do not hear it. But it's the pursuit of perfection, the pursuit of excellence. We, we're not going to fall short of the high call to become a father because it's to become like God himself, to be faithful, to be consistent. Um, and so it's a world-changing dad walks with the understanding that his Father in heaven left us a tradition of words, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And you have to make a decision, one of two things. Either you lay down and say, that's impossible, I quit, I'm leaving. Or you say, you know something, if that's what God destined and called us to, I'm going to forget whatever lays behind. I'm going to stretch forward and go in that direction. And I'm not concerned of my failings for I... I'm going to pursue the call, the high call of God to be a father. Not only a father to my children, that's a good beginning, but a father to the fatherless is our God in heaven. So we, we are in the lives of countless hundreds and thousands of men all over the world. They, you know, Clinton was like, you're my dad in Miami. The South African young man whose father was in the Marines and abandoned him when he was a small child. And he's looking for a father, and he says, the patterns and principles that you have embraced and live are a pattern and principle for my life that I can pursue your example. So he calls us a father in the ways of the Lord, an example. And so our children are looking for that. The orphans are looking for that. If you go with me, and we could put it up on the board, Genesis 45, verse 8. This is in the first book of the Bible, chapter 45, verse 8. Uh, Joseph recognizes that his whole life's design, a man that was betrayed, sold off, imprisoned, uh, missed, uh, his, the accusations against him were false. And he rose above that. He wasn't going to let anything challenge him. He says, so now it was not you who sent me here. You're not one that molded my life. It was God so that he could make me the father to Pharaoh. All the, the setbacks, the difficulties in our life, we can, uh, we can point to somebody, you're the reason why I'm not excellent, I'm not perfect, you're the reason why. No, all these things are God shaping our fatherhood. And he says that he might make me a father to Pharaoh and be able to have a large household and to be able to be a steward, a prince over all the land of Egypt. So this is not just Joseph, this is each one of God's men who he has fashioned upon the earth after his image and likeness. Go back to the second slide where it says world-changing father, and it is a glimpse of what we must participate in the life. There's my daughter, she's looking through a nice little telescope, she's 
charting the course. Because that's what a father does. A father is able to uh, provide provision. It's a vision before it happens. I could talk into your life before it happens. How come? I was already there. Last year when I turned 44, I, sat, I stood before my cake and all my sons were around me and they were singing happy birthday. I said, wait, wait, wait. I just want you to know that 44 is 22 twice. All right? I've, I've gotten to 22 and then I did it again. I have something to say. And for our fathers that are 60, they've done it three times. Our fathers that are 80 have done it four times. We should shut up and listen to some advice. We should hear the voice of fathers. The Bible says there's wisdom in there. And so a world-changing father is one who provides clarity in provision, full protection, and a purpose of existence. Instead of going off in some tangent, there's a way that seems right to man, but its end is a dead end. You don't want to do that. You don't want to go on your own path. Because a father will guide by his example, he will guard at any cost, and he will govern by discipline. And if you're a proud person, and if you're a disobedient son or daughter, you will never be guided, guarded, or governed. You will never reach your potential. And we see this all through the scripture. Chart the right course for your children, and when they are old, they shall not depart. And so I want to just sow that into your hearts, and that you not despise the wisdom of God. That you say, Lord, the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask freely of God. And he shall bestow upon you his thoughts and his ways. But if he's sharing his heart with you, if God, who's omnipotent, all-powerful, and is sharing his heart with you, and you reject his counsel, that, that's high pride. That's high, uh, instead of instruction, you're headed for the opposite, which is destruction. You're headed for an awful future when you spite God's counsel. Um, and so I want to encourage you today. I want to wish all fathers a happy Father's Day. Um, and, and I want to give you a word from the Lord so that you could return to your high calling as a world-changing father. Let's pray together. Father, I give you thanks for your goodness. Give you thanks and we acknowledge that you are an incredible, amazing, great father. That we could come to you and that we could observe. We could witness. We can gaze upon you as the pattern and the model of a perfect father. You're perfect in all your ways. You're perfect in all your words. You're perfect, oh God, in your goodness towards us. We pray that we might be transformed and our hearts might turn back to you. That our th mind and our thoughts would be turned back to your thoughts. We repent, oh God. We turn. We're like prodigal children coming home. And we know the illustration of a, a world-changing father is always waiting for his children to come home. With the opportunity to be directed, given guidance, counsel. Wisdom, receiving garments that cover us, garments of praise, garments of protection, decorative ornaments 
of a ring, O God, and shoes that shod our feet with good news, with good tidings of your purpose and promises towards us. A feasting table, Lord, where the fatted calf is killed and served. There is no shame. There is no resentment, no regret in joining our hearts with the heart of the Father. Thank you, Lord, for coming into our life and beginning to instruct us and correct us and discipline us in the way we should go so that we not depart. We pray, Father God, that this word would be established in our hearts forever as you desire to share your thoughts and your ways with us that we might obtain wisdom, that we might garner understanding, that the devil might cease to take advantage and to kill, to steal, to destroy, and to strip us of all our dignity and worth, O oh God. We pray that your power would be in this word, that it return not void, that it would be a lamp unto our feet, that it would be a double-edged sword that would pierce our hearts, and that the young men here would not despise their father, their fathers, spiritually speaking, as they, you might have many teachers and instructors and professors, but you're not going to have many fathers, as Paul tells Timothy. I pray in Jesus' name that you establish a strong foundation this morning for our lives, that we might father nations and change the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We start out with the beginning, knowing that without a father, you're destined to a life of a curse. It says it in the last verse in the Old Testament. The Old Testament closes out with this statement. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. Lest the heart of the father be turned towards the children. And the hearts of the children turn back to their fathers. I will come and strike the earth with a curse. All the confusion that's upon the earth right now in any direction of darkness. Is the lack of a father. The lack of one who stands as our heavenly father. And so Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20. It tells us how we are to father. Isaiah 8 verse 20. It says how we ought to father. To the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word. is because there is no light in them. You cannot father if you're not father. If you're not following the father of lights. You cannot father if you're not fathering according to the model and the example we have in heaven. And that's why a lot of people are disconnected from that. We've seen the testimonies in the last couple of weeks as Irving Johnson, the famous Magic Johnson from the NBA, has a son who wants to be a daughter. There's something wrong there. There's something wrong when a daughter wants to be a son. Like in the case of our congresswoman here in Miami, Ileana ross Lettinen. 22 years ago, her daughter was born Amanda Michelle, and today wants to be known as Rodrigo, wants to be a man. And that is the lapse and the absence and the void of this instrumental aspect of fathering, to walk after the heart of our Father in heaven. If, there's, if they're not doing it according to the word and to the testimony of God, it's because they, there is no light in them. They cannot show the way. And professing to be proud and, and being mockeries of what God is, filled with sin and rebellion and disobedience and lack of example. The Bible says in Romans 1.21, they profess to be wise, but they became fools. 
They say they know, follow your dad because he knows. Listen, if you're not following God, you don't know. And although they knew God, they did not magnify him in their homes. And they weren't grateful. Men who in their home says, I am God here. I'm the, I'm the one that brings food. I'm the one that gives you a house. And did not point to our Father in heaven. They became futile, vain in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 22. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And we hated them. Why did we hate them? Because we didn't want to be like them. We didn't want to follow their example. We didn't want to follow their ways. We didn't want to end up with their legacy. We even changed our names, some of us. I have friends of mine who says, I don't want to be, I don't want to have my dad's last name. I want to have my mother's last name. I want to have my stepfather's last name. Because my dad is an embarrassment to me. And that's the level of the playing field we're on. But that does not make us lose hope. For the Bible says in 1 John that those who desire to profess God as their father, he would not leave them as orphans. 1 John 2.13 says, I write to you who want to be fathers. If you're a father in this house, could you raise your hand? You say, I want to be the best father. Raise your hand. It says, I'm going to be the best father. The only way to know how to be the best father, right here it says, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. You're going to be a father. You need to know, what was this guy who was the first father? Who is he? What does he walk like? How does he talk? How do, what, you know, uh, I learned that God the Father will think seven times before he speaks. And earthly fathers speak and they regret it seven times. Because they should never have spoken the words they spoke. But if they were like God the Father in heaven, they would have shut their mouth and for seven times said, Hmm, what are the effects of these words I'm about to unleash? And then not say them. Because they're good fathers. I've endless friends of mine that have said to their wives, that's it, it's over. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. That was the first words that came out of their mouth. It was so destructive, they wish they could have taken it back. Because it opened up a door of cursing for many decades. But if we're going to know the true father, let us go back to the original. It also says there in, in 1 John... Chapter 14, he says it again. I mean, chapter 2, verse 14. He says, I write to you, fathers. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. You studied the life of God. You're going to be a good father as you follow his footsteps, as you listen and consider his ways. And I want to tell you, with no excuse, with no apology, not being negotiated, that our Father in heaven is one we can look at, Matthew 5, 48. And he says these words, Be ye therefore perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is the high call of every father. And so the devil is fast to bring you to the natural response. There's a waste of time. It's too difficult. It's impossible. We're only human. And you fill up your life with all these excuses. But that does not move the parameter of God's measure, perfection. To strive for perfection in every which way. Perfect in your words so that you do not offend, the Bible says. Perfect in your thoughts so that you're not double-minded. A father is one who is stable, unmoved. 
Those sons who fail to follow after the father's heart are unstable, easily moved, preferring like Lot lands that have no promise. They have uh, a personal selfishness filled with dissension, division, splits, and separations. We see the first two sons, Abel and Cain. And Cain kills Abel out of competition and out of wrath. You see, everybody that that decides to leave the perfect settings of a father will spend his lifetime suffering as a wayward son. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came following the father in that same perfection. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. It says... uh, That we are laying down a solid foundation so that we can go in the pursuit of of God's desire. It says in verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teaching someone, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles to be like God. And you have become like a little brat needing milk and not solid food. You're acting as a child. You're not acting as God, it says there in verse th- uh, chapter 6, verse 3, and this we will do if God permits. We'll go on to perfection. We'll go on to the, to the expressions of the measure of God. Where is it? Where is God's measure in everything in our life? Do we discount it? How does God think? How does God encourage? How does God uh, uh, desire for you to live? Where does he desire to you go? The Bible says that his desire is to be gathered with two or three that are gathered in his name. There's where God is. And it's here in the house of God. We've been here uh, just an hour and a half right now. and, And we have gleaned so much. Imagine being raised in this place. I've only been here 30 years. But the first 16 years of my life was out there. Learning the ways of another father. John chapter 8 verse 44. As Jesus says, why aren't you guys following God the Father? They said, we are. We follow Abraham. And he says, no, you are of your father the devil. You're doing things like that. You're a liar. You're dishonest. You have taken time. You are selfish. You're walking in another course. And he told them clearly, you are expressing the character of the father, the devil. Your father, the devil. And you desire your father's will. You're pursuing something that was never destined to be expressed to your children. He has been a murderer from the beginning. He's been causing death. That word death is separation, divorce. You have a mindset of divorce. You have a mindset of leaving your wife or leaving your children, leaving your home. You leave your church when the pastor preaches like he's preaching today. Let's go find a good pastor that will tell us we're doing a great job with our third lover. It says you abode with him. You're not in truth because there's no truth in him. Now, one of the things that my son longed to witness in my life is veracity, authenticity, genuineness. They like to fast see what I'm reading, fast look at what I'm gazing at, fast listening to my conversations. They want to find authenticity and genuineness in my life that they might model after. And some fathers don't let their children or their wives see their phones and listen to their conversations and see their lives. As last year, 
um, George Caracol, one of the young men that came to church here. And he says, my stepson Jonathan, he, he, in the afternoon, he'll come over and he'll, he'll grab my ear and he'll start looking at my ear. That's like weird. I feel like he shouldn't be doing that. I go, yes, he should be doing that. It's a son trying to see what a father's like. Trying to observe the intimacy of manhood. Because there's no other expression. I want to move from this uh, aspect of what a father is to the, what a son is. Because a son is a potential dad. How many know that? And yeah, we can make a hundred excuses that our dads weren't there for us. But how about you being there for the next generation? How about you modeling for them something that is worthy for them to follow and be an example? I want to tell you that the book of Hebrews says that Jesus was a faithful son. It says that he was able to be faithful in all the ways of God. He desired to, to, to walk as the Father would have him walk. And being a faithful son, he, he only spoke what the Father spoke. He only did what the Father did. He says, not my will, but thine be done. There were fathers, there were sons like this all over the Old Testament. First Chronicles 12.32, the sons of Issachar. The sons of Issachar. What was, what was so fascinating about the sons of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12.32? It says, they understood the times. They knew what God's people ought to do. And this made them captains over 200s. They were leaders amongst their own brethren. There were men that said, you know something? We will stand and provide for you the example of what you need to do before our Father. We know the times. We're not wasting times. And men will sit there and see the high standard of God and say, this is impossible. Matthew 19, 26. You might have said it this morning already and stopped listening to me. But I want to tell you that with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God wants to work in you something that is supernatural. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I want to ask you, can God raise up an Abraham? Absolutely. Father Abraham, can God raise up an Isaac? Absolutely. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and can he raise up a Jacob, a deceiver, a twisted man? He says, I will make you, no longer will your name be called Jacob, it will be called Israel, for you will be a father of nations. You're going to go into nations and father them and teach them and instruct them, instruct them in my ways. You will know the Father's heart from the beginning. If we go to Genesis chapter 1, verse, um, I believe it's 28, he said, he blessed man. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and take dominion. If you're going to be connected with God the Father, you could only expect a future of blessing, not curse. Of fruitfulness and not barrenness. Of multiplication and not division. You'll replenish the earth. You have a future that's bright and glorious because there's a father in heaven that wants you to subdue. Bring things under God's order. That's what it is to subdue. Hey, you're out of order. Come into order. Take dominion. Take leadership. I've, I'm amazed at the void of leadership in every country of the world is the lack of a man that's been willing to stand up to lead righteously. I talked to, to Jose Luis Rodriguez, El Puma, some years ago, and I said, you know, you had a calling to become president of your nation, and you absconded 
You forfeited your leadership. And so Chavez rises up in power. In this nation, there was a man that was running for the Senate against Obama. But weeks before um, the senatorial race, that man decided to go to a brothel, to a whorehouse. And it came out in the newspapers. And everybody says, we don't want a president, a senator like that. So Obama became senator. And so in the void of those areas that men has decided not to be a father connected to the father, there's an expression of other fatherhood. There is no multiplication. We hear more about debts in our homes than we do about fruitfulness. We hear about um, they're coming to an end of a relationship that is founded upon covenant. Till death do us part. That's That's the words a father speaks to a wife. And the children are like, Dad, what happened? Did you have a covenant or you didn't have a covenant? Were you following the faithfulness of God or were you not following the faithfulness of God? We have these sons in the, new t- in the, in the beginning of time, Cain and Abel, um, with sloppy worship. Cain decided to bring not the first and the best. He decided to bring the leftovers and present them to God. And the Bible says that that type of worship and sacrifice was not accepted. It says he did not accept Cain nor his sacrifice. And that causes us to feel pretty bad. And so he goes off and kills his brother. And so he's known as a son who offers mediocrity. I want to tell you this morning, not only are um, a father supposed to become to the perfection of a perfect dad, the you son, don't say, well, my dad did this, so that's why I'm not a good son. Listen, I don't care who your dad was. You could be an excellent son. You could be a faithful son. You could give the best. You could be obedient. You could walk in the inheritance that's laid up for you. I love seeing the men here in in Isaiah chapter 35 that there are some sons that promised to their fathers they would never drink wine. And God notices this. And he says, you know something? Because they were faithful, I'm going to bless them forevermore. This This is a son that... That is walking in the course of saying, I want to honor my father. Let's go there very quickly. Let's go to Isaiah 35. And you see these sons that swore to to keep the oath of their father, to never allow booze to come into their lips. And when they were offered the opportunity to drink greatly, it says that, that they began to, to say, no, we're, we decided we're going to honor our dad who went before us. Let me see if I find this real quick. Jeremiah 35, I apologize. Verse 5, it says, Then I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites bowls full of wine. This is an opportunity for a son to go in another direction. And cups, and said to them, Drink what is offered to you. Go ahead. And you're given the opportunity to do anything but what your dad says. And they said in verse 6, They said, We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechabite, our father, commanded us, saying, You shall drink no Wine, verse 6, right? I, let's go to Jeremiah. I'm sorry, guys. Jeremiah 
35.6. They said, we will drink no wine, for Jonadab, the son of Rechab, I father, commanded us, saying, we shall drink no wine, neither shall you give to your sons forever. You shall not build a house, sow seed, plant a vineyard, nor have any of these, but all the days you shall dwell in the tents, that you may live in the land where you are sojourners. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he charged us, to drink no wine all the days of our lives. We, our wives, our children, our daughters, nor to build ourselves homes, nor to dwell. We're going to keep the line where our father drew it. And God says, verse 12, then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not receive instruction to obey words, says the Lord. Verse 14. The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine or perform to this day, to drink none and obey their father's commandments. But although I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, you did not obey. I have also sent you all my servants, the prophets, telling you what you needed to hear. Turn now, everyone, from his evil. Amend your doings. Do not go after God's. In verse 16, surely the sons of Jonadab, the Rechab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them, but this, full, uh, this people has not obeyed me. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring on Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the doom that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them, but they have not heard, and I have called to them, but they have not answered. And Jeremiah said to the house of Rechabites, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father and kept all his precepts and done according to all that he commanded, therefore thus says the Lord, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall not lack a man to stand before God forever. Open heavens towards a heart of a son that decides to honor their father. Could we stand this afternoon, this morning and tell the Lord, Lord, bring back my wayward heart. Bring back my heart that I might honor my father who's in heaven. Some of you don't know God as your father. You know him as your judge. I want to tell you that he is a good father and has provided Jesus Christ to come to this earth to die for your redemption. The Bible says for your adoption, for your reconnection. And you know something? I could speak this all around the world and there will be a handful of people that says, I want to come back home. I want to connect again to my father who's in heaven. And then Billy Graham says like this. He's been all around the world more than I by a lot. And he says there's something weird that happens. Some who hear this voice continue to rebel all the more. Hardening their hearts. Walking farther away from God. I want to tell you that God your father is here with open arms for you this day. And as Satan has accused you of not being a faithful son. A faithful daughter. You can call him a liar because that's what he is. He's a father of all liars. And there's no truth in him. The Bible says in Romans 8.15 that God has poured down from heaven a spirit of adoption by which we can call our father in heaven Abba Father. He could have just left it at father but he added Abba Father so that you could understand that word in Hebrew is daddy. It's a father that has a welcoming in his heart towards you. Mm. We don't have much time this morning, but I want to give you an opportunity.
to set your heart back towards heaven and get connected back towards God and be the expression of a, not just a good father, a perfect father to your children, even in the capacity you have to repent when you're doing something wrong. I think that's been the greatest time in my life with my children is not when I'm doing well and a perfect example, but when I'm admitting that I'm wrong and when I ask forgiveness and when I tell them, you know something, dad really blew it yesterday with your mom and dad really messed up this afternoon with an issue or situation and you can be a perfect father as you express that humility. If you want to receive Christ as your Lord and come back to the Father, just by raising your hand, I want to pray for you. Just right where you are, just raise your hand and say, I want to come back to the Father. Raise your hand so that I can pray for you and you can be connected. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father in heaven. Father, I give you thanks this morning. Repeat after me, Lord, this day I turn my heart back to you. I acknowledge you not only as God, but as a great Father that we have in heaven who is faithful to bestow gifts, salvation, love, goodness, faith, that I can live as your son in the abundance of your goodness and grace. I know Jesus died, and on the third day, he rose from the grave. He ascended to heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, praying for me till I get to heaven. Write my name down in the Lamb's book of life, where all the names are written of those who you have forgiven and you have saved out of their sins through the blood of Jesus. We give you thanks knowing that Jesus died and we believe he resurrected to live eternally forever as our Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's go ahead and sing a song to the Lord. We bless your name, oh God. Hallelujah.